Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. I don't care if it, you think it's funny, Gavin. We don't make those kind of jokes. It hurts women's feelings. Ass. The following podcast contains... Other trucker that hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you were so creepy you got banned from a mall, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, November 17th, 2017 with a rebel yell, they cried more, more, more edition of the show where we talk about why Alabama will still most likely elect a child molester to the Senate. Stay tuned. Now, what the hell were you thinking pod thing is brought to you by Cletus J. Bibb, the third Esquire attorney of law. Y'all got trouble called Cletus. No matter what y'all did, Cletus done get somebody off for it already. Wrap your truck around a school bus when you was coming home from the NASCAR, Cletus will fix that shit real good. Women gave you lip and you had to set her straight. Reckon old Cletus understands and he'll fix that shit. Don't worry, Cletus and the judge done been there too. Maybe there's a little misunderstanding about how that little old girl you took home was just a little bit too young. Don't worry, that'll happen. And Cletus J. Bibb, the third Esquire attorney at law, will clean that shit up quicker than an old Tom Cap chasing a possum through a persimmon bush. Y'all just call Cletus and tell Luann at the desk you got a Yankee Jew problem and old Cletus will make it go away. Just like an old Yankee Jew and activist right around midnight. <laughs> Stopped on the way back, worked my way across the country, did a few gigs in the deep south. To be frank, I find these people anything but deep. I was in... Uh, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, working a small comedy club called I Don't Get It. And, uh, Alabama. You talk about Darwin's waiting room. You know what I mean? And there are guys in Alabama who are their own fathers. You know what I mean? This is the... Uh, I'm going to say this right here at the beginning of the show. It's going to be chock full of aspersions on the South. I mean, just mean-spirited, unfair, cutting, and highly accurate insults about Southerners in general and Alabamans in particular. If that's the sort of thing that offends you... Tough shit. Next. I was, uh, I was born in the state of Tennessee and the state of ignorance. But when you look at the Venn diagram between those things, it's, it's pretty much a perfect circle. And I spent the first 11 years of my life living in various Southern locales, and I, I was very into the idea of being Southern. A lot of guns, baseball hats, rebel flags, and, you know, hunting things that don't really need to be hunted. I'm what you might call a redneck. Or alternatively, a good old boy, clodhopper, country boy, or just your average kid from that geographic locale. So when I was about 11, we moved to Oklahoma City, and to me, that was a fucking metropolis. Imagine how small the town I grew up in was by comparison that it made Oklahoma City look like a place that anyone would want to go or that there was like more than 11 people there. And you know what? The kids in Oklahoma City made fun of me for being what they called a goober. 
because I spoke with this thick accent and dressed like I just wandered in off the set of Deliverance, and I wanted nothing more than just go home to Tennessee. I got better. I use this preface to tell you that even in the South, there were prejudices. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, not just those presidents' uh, prejudices, but, uh, you know, even amongst white Southerners, there were these little stereotypes we applied to other white Southerners. And these were directed mostly at the Deep South, the three core states at the heart of the old Confederacy, Georgia, therefore Georgians, were rich and kind of snooty. Mississippi and its residents were considered the dumb ones, and that says something about Mississippi. And finally, you had Alabama, which was considered, and Alabamans, which were considered just kind of mean. I mean, like a nasty neighbor mean. Like, you did not want your ball to go over the state line into Alabama's yard because you were not getting your ball back. And this might explain why Alabama has such a problem with its politicians. I mean, they got Bull Connor, George Wallace, Guy Hunt, who was an elect a governor elected in 1987. He used election funds to create this palatial personal estate and then the state's official planes to fly around the country on, quote, evangelical missions, unquote. Strangely, those involved a lot of beaches. Alabama has a special brand of politicians that are just unashamed about their corruption. Which brings me to Roy Moore, the Republican nominee for the United States Senate from the great state of Alabama. You, uh, you might have heard some things about Roy the past week or so. No, man, no, I'll tell you. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about Roy in general before we get to the specifics of the allegations. Because you see, Roy Stewart Moore was best known as the Ten Commandments judge in Alabama because as a circuit judge in Etowah County, Alabama, Moore drew the attention of the American Civil Liberties Union for his refusal to remove a plaque of the Ten Commandments and stop mandatory prayers in his courtroom. Moore was later elected to the Alabama Supreme Court where he had a two-and-a-half-ton monument of the Ten Commandments installed in the foyer of the courthouse. He was sued in federal court, lost, refused to remove the monument, was impeached, and then got elected back to the Supreme Court and was subsequently impeached again because he ordered judges in Alabama courts not to perform same-sex marriages when they became legal in 2015 and was impeached a second time. The guy's a dick. One could charitably call Moore an iconoclast, but a more accurate term would be theofascist, who's no different than the fucking Taliban. But you know what? You say tomato, I say tomato. Moore's history in Alabama government goes back to none other than Guy Hunt, the same disgraced governor, who also shared Moore's religious fervor and penchant for the law applying to others, but not to him. E. Moore ran for the Alabama governor in 2006 and 2010 and lost both times. He even flirted with a presidential run in 2012 before finally returning to run and win to this Alabama Supreme Court, for which he was ousted again the second time. There are good reasons why Roy Moore keeps being elected to positions in Alabama. They're because he's a vicious, xenophobic hate monger who really speaks to the Republican electorate of Alabama, whom, as I've noted, are vicious, xenophobic hate mongers. I think he really gets me. Here are some of Roy Moore's political positions. He's, duh, anti-abortion, big on American exceptionalism, you know, that shining city on a hill shit, 
anti-civil rights. He seriously opposed an amendment to the Alabama Constitution that finally stripped out the Jim Crow language, and this was in 2004. He was a birther, duh. His views on separation of church and state or that his church should be the state. He's against the Voting Rights Act of 1965. He's a neo-confederate, duh. A creationist, duh. And he advocates punishing the NFL players for violating the flag code, duh. Vehemently, he's vehemently anti-immigration and good grief does he hate the gays and the Muslims. He won't even acknowledge their humanity. He specifically said a Muslim shouldn't even be allowed to be in the United States Congress and this motherfucker just loves Vladimir Putin. What a prick. <laughs> right. But he's the kind of prick the GOP voters of Alabama love to get hard for. I mean, he cares for the things they care about, which is why Groy was cruising to the election of the Senate to replace a slightly less fascist elf on a shelf, Jeff Sessions, until... The Washington Post sent some reporters down to Alabama to cover the election, and they heard some things about Roy Moore. He's a perv. They went to tracking down rumors that Moore maybe had a reputation for doing some naughty things as a young district attorney in Etowah County, Alabama, back in the late 70s and early 80s. The Post found four women willing to speak on the records with their name in public about their experience with a younger Roy Moore. This would have been bad, but where it got really bad was that each of these women were very young at the time. I mean, very young. Like high school young. Well, that is just sick, guys. The youngest of them was disgustingly young. 14 years old young. And it seems that Roy had sexually assaulted her. More by the way, met the 14-year-old when she was in his office at the district attorney with her mother. A week after these allegations came forward, another woman came forward to claim that Moore sexually assaulted her when she was 16 after stalking her at her high school, calling on the phone to get her out of her trig class in order to get her to go out with him. And after Moore sexually assaulted her, he said to her, I'm the district attorney of Etowah County, and you're a child. Who's going to believe you? Motherfucker, that's Bill Murray's line. You don't get to use that, especially after trying to rape a 16-year-old. Moore even signed the 16-year-old girl he tried to rape's yearbook with a very friendly message, which just, there's so many levels of creepy here. Even for Alabama, it's creepy. It was so bad that 32-year-old District Attorney Roy Moore was banned from the local mall because he was creepy cruising teens. Think about that. The DA was banned from the ball because he couldn't stop macking on little girls. God damn it. Another woman, thankfully older but only barely, came forward with her story of being sexually assaulted by Moore in his office during a custody matter. Moore fondled her boobs in his office. God damn, and these are just the people we know about. By the time I finished this script Thursday at noon, four more women had come forward, bringing this total forward to, total to nine. And then it's Friday night and I'm recording and there are probably 16 more lining up to drop while I'm doing the actual fucking recording. And one might think these allegations are the sort of thing that would end Roy Moore's candidacy and send Roy off to wherever it is asshole men go after the world discovers their pieces of shit. Why do you think they might think that? 
Because that's what happened to the other men we've learned these things about lately? Oh, my sweet summer child. Yeah, that's not what happened. From the Toronto Star, here are some of what Moore's defenders are saying to explain why this is not a deal breaker for them. Quote, Geneva County Chairman Riley Seibenbrenner said he didn't think Moore should withdraw even if the allegations were true. I mean, other than being with an underage person, he, uh, he didn't really force himself. Simon Brenner said, I know that's bad enough, but I don't know if, if he withdraws its five weeks to the election, that would concede it to the Democrat. Covington County Chairman William Blocker also said he'd consider voting for more even if hard evidence of sexual abuse emerged. There's no option to support Doug Jones, the Democratic nominee. When you do that, you're supporting the entire Democratic Party, unquote. These people are insane. Well, no, I mean, y y yeah, but no, in fact... They're just Republicans, Alabama Republicans. I mean, shit, that, those weren't even the worst defenses that I'd heard. The worst defense I heard was, quote, Mary was a teenager and Joseph was an adult carpenter, said Jim Ziegler, the estate auditor of Alabama, defending Roy Moore against allegations of pedophilia. Joseph didn't even fuck her, you prick! Oh, god damn, I'm turning into Gilbert Gottfried! Oh, I don't mean to. You, you, sometimes you just get so mad you become Gilbert fucking Gottfried. As this shitty story evolved, Moore's defense solidified into a simpler narrative. The whole thing was liberal fake news conspiracies concocted by the media to keep him from winning the election. The entire thing, according to Moore and conservative media like Bright Fucking Bart, is a fiction created by the Washington Post to steal the election. And boy, are people jumping on that. Even to the point of making robocalls from fake Washington Post reporters named suspiciously Jewishly Bernie Bernstein. Hi, this is Bernie Bernstein. I'm a reporter for the Washington Post. I'm calling to find out if anyone at this address is a female between the ages of 54 to 57 years old willing to make damaging remarks about candidate Roy Moore for a reward of between $5,000 to $7,000. We will not be fully investigating these claims. However, we will need a written report. I can be reached by email, lbernstein at washingtonpost.com. Thank you. Really? That voice? It sounds like someone who's only seen Woody Allen movies trying to base the Jewish impression on those movies and somehow still got it wrong. Everyone knows that if you want to go with a Jewish voice, you do Mel Brooks. Hello, this is Bernie Bernstein from the Washington Post. Look, we're trying to frame Roy Moore. So you should call me right here at this number or, you know, email me if that's what you do. I don't, I don't actually email, for God's sakes. It's important that, that we just frame this guy because I don't like him. Oy, he's fucking creepy. I don't know. Oy. See, that's how you do a fucking Washington Post Jewish reporter, which they only have. Oh, fuck. God damn. This is just, they didn't do it. The only good side about that entire stupid thing is a tweet by Ariel Edwards Levy from HuffPo saying your reporter name is the diminutive form of your first part of your last name plus your last names. So she is Eddie Edwards Levy. And I admit that Bloody Bledsoe makes a pretty awesome old time reporter name. Bloody Bledsoe here, Chief, from the Weekly Star. What's this about the Batman that you're holding back? Also, let's examine for the moment the, theories, the theory of this being a liberal media hit job. Moore's dipshit attorney tried to NCIS the evidence of the yearbook, and the Moore family is saying some fucking truly horrifying things about their accusers. But still, morons being morons, a lot of people around the country are saying this is all hashtag fake news. So, you know, let's examine that. 
Nine women on the record, public names, and 50 other people corroborate their, their stories. These were all either paid to slander a public official and face a real legal consequence of doing so, and a respected paper also puts its journalistic integrity on the line to win a Senate seat in a state where no one expected a Democrat to even compete, One which Jeff Sessions won 97% because he ran unopposed in 2016. We, we are going to just risk everything. The Washington Post is going to throw away their entire history. The people that brought down fucking Nixon is going to do this and destroy themselves and the entire reputation of the media in this country to knock off Roy Moore in fucking Alabama. We don't fucking care about Alabama. We didn't think we were going to win Alabama. We didn't do this shit with the presidency, despite what all of you might fucking think. So we're sure as fuck not going to throw away the First Amendment on fucking Alabama. It's the shittiest state in the nation. I mean, Moore even conceded he, quote, dated a lot of young ladies in his youth, unquote, but never, quote, without their mother's permission. Now his wife, who, uh, by the way, was 14 years his junior when they married, but at least it was 24 to 38, which is neither illegal nor particularly strange in the 1980s, Alabama-adjusted terms. So, like, you know what? All right, all right, let's take the least controversial thing Moore did. Dating teenage girls with their ugh, mother's permission. This is not a problem for evangelicals. From the Christian Science Monitor, quote, Roy Moore is a symptom of a larger problem in the conservative fundamentalist and evangelical circles, tweeted Catherine Brightbill, legislative policy analyst for the Coalition for Responsible Home Education, which advocates for homeschool children. It's not a Southern problem. It's a fundamentalist problem. Girls who are 14 are seen as potential relationship material. Patriarchal authority is much easier to come by if there's a big age difference. Men have the obligation to provide and protect. And with two 20-year-olds, it's hard to achieve that differential. Whereas if you have a 35-year-old man and a 16-year-old girl, he's probably able to provide and assert that headship authority. It's easier, according to the rhetoric I've seen within this particular evangelical subculture, unquote. I'll pause now while you go finish vomiting. In the late 70s and early 80s in this part of Alabama, what Roy Moore was doing was not, well, it wasn't normal because a lot of people didn't think it was normal, which is why there was so much corroborating information about Roy Moore. People thought that it was weird. 20 or 30 years earlier, what Roy Moore was doing, trolling around high schools looking for a young wife, would have been considered just what young men do. His sexually assaulting those young girls, well, you know, boys will be boys, won't they? All of this behavior is only a problem in as much that it's a problem for Alabama because of generational mores. There's no reason, if you're an evangelical, to abandon Roy Moore, because if you do, well, then the Democrat would win. And this is what it's all about for the GOP machine in Alabama. Edwin Edwards, a Louisiana politician, once clipped, the only way I can lose this election is if I'm caught in bed with either a dead girl or a live boy, and the Alabama Republican machine is looking at Roy Moore and going, the girls are alive, <laughs> and it wasn't a boy. 
God, what is the problem for, with the religious voters of Alabama who put such high stock and family values and moral turpitude? Is child molestation not a deal killer for them? I mean, we know sexual assault is okay. Look at the fucking president we have. But you would think sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl would be the one thing that could break them from him. But no. No, according to them, it's a lie by the media. And even if Roy did these things, well, you know, so long as he got his soul right with Jesus, then he's washed clean in the blood of the Lamb, and therefore, no harm, no foul, right? Evangelical Christians are big on forgiveness. I mean, you can do some truly shitty, sinful things, but as long as you're sorry and you tell Jesus so, you're forgiven. And this brings us to our way back. Our way back this week finds us in New Orleans, Louisiana, October 17th, 1987. A very expensive Cadillac has pulled into the parking lot of a very seedy motel, no motel on Airline Highway. Two figures exit, check into the motel, whose sign reads positively no refunds after 15 minutes, and then enter the room together. A photographer who's been tailing the caddy snap photos of the people entering the room and then flatten the tires on the caddy before making a phone call to Reverend Martin Gorman. Gorman, who'd recently been ousted from his televangelism ministry by a sex scandal revealed by one Reverend Jimmy Swaggart, rushed to the motel where he confronted that same Reverend Jimmy Swaggart with a known prostitute. And so began the fall of Jimmy Swaggart, thorn in the side of 80s TV preachers. Swaggart had been on a crusade to clean up the sinning amongst the rich and powerful elites and the booming for-profit religion that dominated the airways of the time. He'd castigated Jim Baker for boinking Jennifer Hahn, brought down Gorman, and was preaching weekly on the sins of others. And here was Jimmy Swaggart with a wet dick and a hooker. I guess, yeah, poetic. It was poetic. That's the word. From a People magazine written at the time, a quote, according to a New Orleans prostitute named Peggy, when a man she believed was swaggered first became a habitué of the seedy airline highway pickup strip on the outskirts of New Orleans. Peggy, who appeared on a Baton Rouge TV station with her face obscured, said that on one occasion, the man had told her he was in, a, that, he was in that dubious neighborhood to an arrange an adoption. Another time, he stopped his Lincoln Town Car and invited Peggy to get in and ask her to perform a sex act for $10. I just laughed, she said, because, you know, here's Jimmy Swaggart, and he's got millions he could pay me, or at least thousands, and I said, no. Well, he's, and then Jimmy Swaggart said, well, I guess you better get out of the car then, unquote. Swaggart then made a teary confession live on the air to his congregation of the ministry and stepped down from his position. I have sinned against you, my Lord. Ashamed and scandalized, Jimmy began working to repair his marriage and his reputation, only to be busted again in 1991 with another prostitute. And one might think that this would have been the end of Jimmy Swaggart that he would lose his ministry, his money, and the faith of his followers. Why do you think they might think that? Oh, because I'm an idiot. Today, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries has its own television station, a website, and of course, a mega church. After a few years of quiet disgrace, Jimmy Swaggart rebuilt his entire empire. It's a little smaller than before, 
And be honest, most TV ministries are, but it still keeps the Swaggered family very comfortable, if you know what I'm saying. Oddly enough, all the scandalized ministers of that era, era somehow managed to avoid jail time for their crimes. Well, not all of them. <laughs> Jim Baker, you fucking loser. That guy went to jail, but you know what? Old Jim's doing just fine today. Why? Because Jimmy and Jim and Oral and all these other motherfuckers, well, you know, they got right with the Lord. And there is literally nothing that can't be forgiven if you just get right with Jesus, pod friends. And if you think I am making this up because I am a bitter old fucking atheist who hates religion, you're only half right because I'm not making anything up. I can prove this because David fucking Berkowitz, the son of Sam, is leading a prison ministry from jail and is widely hailed among the section of the evangelical community as a paragon of redemption and salvation. And even David Berkowitz himself says he's forgiven by the Lord, but oh, no, 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 David doesn't want out of jail. That would be wrong because he has to suffer for his crime unless, you know, maybe it was the Lord's will that if he was called out of jail to save, he, he would do that. But he's not asking. But, you know, if it were to happen, it, it would be okay with, with David Berkowitz. And Roy Moore is no different than these other assholes, even fucking David Berkowitz. If he's right with Jesus, he's right with the voters of Alabama who share his religion. And hey, at least Roy Moore got ahead of his crimes. He preemptively got right with Jesus before he got caught. A lot of people might say that I'm being particularly unfair to the faithful and the voters of Alabama, and a lot of people can go fuck themselves. I've spent nearly five decades on this planet watching terrible fucking people get a pass because they thump a Bible on Sunday. I mean, Roy Moore was an abject piece of shit before the scandal, but now, holy fuck. The problem with the evangelical right is they are a bunch of fucking hypocrites and don't give me that shit about saving babies. Fuck you, you assholes. It's about winning elections. It's about shoving your idiot religion on us like Roy Moore shoves himself on a high school freshman, and it always has been. You ran out of leeway I had left to give when you embraced, when you and Mass embraced a man antithetical to everything you claim to stand for, and then defend him every time he breaks a fucking commandment, and this fucker doesn't even pretend to, quote, get right with Jesus, unquote. All he does is hate the things you hate. You know, brown people. If Jesus was here, and he was real, he would spit in each of your faces into individually one by one because you can do that when you're the son of a magical sky wizard and the best part the bestest of all is how much you scream about sharia law while at the exact same time wanting to impose sharia law on the rest of us only you call it the fucking old testament that is fucking rich my friends check the books you'll see how much overlap is going on there let me put this as bluntly as i can Roy Moore is a pedophile, a child molester, a kitty fondler, a pervert. Fuck you for defending him. That makes you exactly the same as he is. Fuck you, you Bible-thumping pedophile protectors. You're as bad as the Catholic Church. And let me tell you something, comparing them to Catholics, fucking that one hurts the fundies. Fucking Alabama, man, what the fuck? This fucker could still win! 
And this, yeah, oh, I know the Senate GOP makes noises about expelling him for the Senate if he gets elected, but they won't. This child molesting hate monger will sit in the Senate chamber and make their lives fucking miserable because they created this hydra of shitty people who vote for them. Fanatics, lunatics, racists, Nazis, and theocrats, all of whom you are too afraid of, even though you know they are just evil sacks of shit. And that's why this country is fucked because you gave power to these the people least qualified to use it, and they took it, and happily, and they will just as happily tear this country apart. If you are an Alabama Republican who is conflicted about Roy Moore, who bemoans your lack of options, just go fuck yourself. You've got a shit ton of options. The first one is vote for Doug Jones because he's a decent and honorable man. He put assholes like Roy Moore and Jeff Sessions in prison, not on the state Supreme Court. If you think he's a liberal, how fucking liberal can he be from running a fucking Alabama? Or, you know what? You could write in another name. Write in fucking Big Luther Strange, who was only slightly better and more than, presumably, Luther Strange doesn't molest high school girls. Or fucking write in Jeff Sessions, Jesus Christ. I don't fuck, whatever you do, don't vote for more. This is not hard. Or, you know what? Stay home. That is the literal least you can do. Stay home. Don't vote and then complain about Jones until the next election in three years. If you're a Democrat in Alabama, and there are a few of you, very few, and you don't go out to vote on December 12th, oh, triple fuck you. You people are the worst. You're worse than the people who vote for more because you could have a chance to finally do something and all you have to do is check a box on Tuesday? Yeah, fuck, get out and vote. You've got no excuse. It would be a lovely fucking Christmas present to the rest of the country. I mean, I know you guys still call it Christmas down there. We, we, we call it a solstice festival, but it would be a lovely solstice festival gift to the rest of the country if you happen to go out and elect Doug Jones to the Senate. Just think about how pissed off Roy Moore and his Fundy supporters would be. It truly would be a Solstice Festival miracle. That is it for our show this week. I have to officially protest how fucking weird the world is now. I'm seriously talking about a state electing a child molester. I mean, fuck that elect shit. This is a low-rated podcast. Roy Moore is about as likely to sue me as Jesus would leave me a review on iTunes. Actually, uh, Jesus, if you uh, would do that, that'd be kind of a cool thing. You know, if you were to give us five stars and a nice write-up, it would really fuck with your followers, man. Do it. If you're not Jesus or any other divinity, you too can leave us a review. It, it helps people find the show to be offended by my bashing their religion and their state. Or both. Frequently both. If you're a big fan of blasphemy, I tend to do it a lot on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and the show name on Facebook. All of my heresies are at the uh, show name on SoundCloud at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave, I find older women way more attractive. Bledsoe, producer, I think consent is sexy Gavin, and all the other fictional but definitely of age people on this show. We want to say, seriously, Alabama, fucking stop doing that. Stop fucking voting for Roy Moore. We'll see you all next week. Last night a little angel came 
my floor She said I've come baby About a license for love And if it expires Pray help from above Because In the midnight hour More, more, more With the rebel yell Come